Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. You can get in the Crossfire. Uh, I'm teasing a little bit. Call in with your Bible question. Call in to discuss the Scriptures. We're open-minded. We want whatever the truth is, no matter what it is, and we're willing to change if you can prove your position with the Scriptures. Sometimes people act like or say even say that you can prove anything by the scriptures that that's about the worst uh, cut down criticism of God you could make don't we think that God is intelligent enough to write a book that you can understand what it teaches and it doesn't teach two contradictory things at the same time the Bible is clear and on a lot of these subjects that we've talked about, it you can prove the truth of those subjects, the answer to those questions by the Bible. If you have a Bible question, give us a call, 877-655-6755, 877-655-6755. My friend Antoine from Canada, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, Patrick. How are you today? Doing good. Are you traveling today or are you at home? Uh, no, I'm traveling. I am uh, going, now I'm in Canada, though. I am, I travel your your country a lot, and uh, but uh, today I'm in Canada. So r- today, down here in North Alabama, the temperatures were right in the mid-90s. What's the temperature up there? Uh, here it's, uh, well, you have Fahrenheit. We have Celsius, right? So <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's about uh, 20 Celsius right here where I am at now. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely cooler here. A lot cooler. What's on, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, this. Uh, I, I know what your stance are on once saved, always saved. Uh, you say it's a myth, and um, uh, like uh, you could also call it like assurance of salvation. Like uh, right. you, you, you think that a person cannot know for sure whether whether he's saved or not, right? Well, if it depends on what you mean by that, I believe that Christians can tell with better than anybody else for sure whether they're saved or not, because. Think of this, a Calvinist believes, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Anton, that if a person who's supposed to be a Christian, and then he falls away, that proves he wasn't a Christian to begin with. And so if that's true, if that's true, then nobody can ever be confident that they ever have become a Christian, because there's always the possibility that one day they'll fall away, and if they do, that proves they were never a Christian to begin with. So Calvinism has absolutely no confidence that a per- you cannot have any confidence whatsoever that you've ever become a Christian because there's always a chance you'll fall away and that proves you weren't a Christian. But a true Christian, one who does not believe in what saved, always saved, and admittedly, we don't have that much assurance. People that say, once saved, always saved, well, that is a lot of assurance, but it's a false assurance. But at least we know whether or not we've become a Christian to start with. Anton, you see what I'm saying? Uh, well, I'm not I'm not familiar with Calvinism. I, I I want to put that out there. I'm not sure what they're teaching. Uh, okay. But uh, uh, I I was like I I just remember this uh, when when they like in Matthew's 
chapter 7, I believe, maybe around 23, verse 23, where Jesus says, like they they say, you know, we've done this and that in your name. And uh, Jesus Jesus says, uh, uh, like, uh, depart from me, I never knew you. That means, you know, like uh, those that think, you know, we've done so much good in your name, that Jesus says, I never knew you. Not not I knew you at one time, and then you fell away, and then I, I, I didn't know you anymore. Right. Because yeah. I, I, I believe that uh, what Jesus says, that if, uh, you know, need, no one can snatch him out of my hand, I believe that what Romans says, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I believe that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and so I believe me, that too. For me, it's... For me, it is I believe that too. When, when, when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, that's when, you know, uh, uh, I believe that Jesus can keep me in his, uh, in his safe, you know? Yeah. Hey, so, Anton, i got a question for you. Yeah. Jesus said at one point, he's talking about his physical life. He says, no man can take it from me. He's talking about his physical life, and he says, no man can take it from me. Does that mean that Jesus couldn't voluntarily lay down his life when he said, he came, no man can take it from me? Give, he, he came to give his life, right? <clears throat> okay, so when Jesus says, no man can take... It, Anton? He gave it for, uh, out of his free will. He gave it, I, gave it for us. That's right, that's right. And so, but, so he said, no man can take it from me. That doesn't mean that Jesus couldn't voluntarily give up his life. He did. And so the same thing when you're talking about in Romans 8, no man can separate us from the love of God. That, that means it, the same thing in this verse as it meant in the other. When, we, when the Bible says no man can separate us from the love of God, it doesn't mean that we cannot voluntarily separate ourselves from the love of God. See, just like I, I you understand, what, Anton, you understand that when Jesus said no man can take my life from me, that doesn't mean that Jesus can't voluntarily lay it down. So by that exactly that same reasoning, Anton, in Romans 8, when it says no man can separate us from the love of God, that would not mean that we cannot voluntarily separate ourselves from the love of God by the exact yeah, same reasoning, would, Anton. You see that? Yeah, but who would, who would ever want to do that? Uh, once, once they have tasted the love of Christ and, uh, you know, like once they're... Once, once a person has become a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives in that person, how would they ever want to give that up? Well, oh, I've met many people that have given it up. Uh, they do it all the time. People, they become Christians and they've tasted of the heavenly how you, gift. How do you know I, I they become give, Christians? I can give you an example. Well, let's go to an example in the passage. Okay. How about let's go to Second Peter chapter 2, verses twenty. Through 22. So it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions or the sins of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And so here we have an example of that, Anton. Here we have somebody who's escaped the sins of the world through the knowledge of Christ. Now, Anton, wouldn't that, you said, how do we know that they've become a Christian? Wouldn't that have to be a Christian 
if he's escaped the sins of the world through the knowledge of Christ? I, I would wouldn't have it be? To, I would have to read that passage in context. If you want to send it to me, I'll, I'll, I'd like to uh, look at that. You know, like uh, okay. I know there's other callers, so I, I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah. So, uh, so and if, if you want to send it to me, then then I'll, I'll uh, I'd like I'll to try to send it to you, Anton. In, in, in I'll context, try to send yeah. it. I'll try to send it to you, Anton. But think. Let's think. Let's put our thinking caps on. Second Peter two. Here's some people that have escaped the sins of the world through the knowledge of Christ. And then it says they're entangled back into the world, the sins of the world. So they must have chosen to do that. Because you're right, no man can force them to do that. No man can snatch them out of God's hand. John 10, no man can separate them from the love of God. So it must have been that they did it themselves. They voluntarily went back into the sins of the world. And there, this passage says about these people... There has to be Christians. It says they had escaped the sins of the world through the knowledge of Christ. That now that they've gone back into the world by their own choice, by their own volition, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. That it had been better well, for them not that, to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy that, commandment delivered to them. Yes, Anton, go he, ahead. He, yeah, Jesus said, "I I never knew you." That means that he he never he never knew that person in the first place. Like. He, yeah. he said, "Go away from me. I, I never knew you." you know, like, uh, okay. if he if if he knows someone, uh, then and, and you know that person uh, he knows. Like, uh, and the, the ones that even even the ones that pretend to be Christians, they they say that we have we, we did all of these things in, in your name, but Jesus okay. said, I, "I I don't know who you are." You know, I get I, right, Anton. Okay, and you're right about Matthew chapter seven. Now, Anton, if the Bible is the word of God. Doesn't that mean all passages in the Bible have to be true? All of them are true. Every single one. All right. So so Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23, and we're emphasizing verse 23, I never knew you. That has to be true. And I agree with you that it's true, Anton. Exactly like you're presenting it. Okay. But also 2 Peter 2 also has to be true. Because we can't just say, well, Matthew 7.23 is true, therefore we can ignore Second Peter 2. We don't understand it. We're just going to ignore it. No, both passages are true. Yeah, you have, How to, can, you have to read read the Bible in its context and, and, right, uh, right. and under, now, understand, so, understand what it means, you know? Right. So how can they both be true? And here's how they're both true, Anton. Second Peter 2 is talking about people who had become Christians and then fallen away, and it proves they lose their salvation. Matthew 7.23 is talking about people who had never become Christians. See? So that that's a simple way to understand that both of them are true. We, of course, Christians, true Christians, Anton, we believe there's a lot of people that have never become Christians, that they're just pretenders. For example, we've talked, Anton, about baptism before, and we insist, Peter yeah. <laughs> insists in Acts 2.38, that he says, repent and be baptized. Listen, Anton, this is important. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So we understand then from that verse that people who get immersed, but they don't do it for the remission of sins, they think they're already saved before they're baptized, then they don't get the remission of sins. They think they're saved, but they're never saved. So of course there are people out there who think they're saved. Call Jesus Lord. They've never been saved. Matthew seven twenty three is absolutely true. There are a lot of people like that. But, Anton, Second Peter 2 is also true also. 
And it shows there are people that have become Christians. They have become Christians, and then they've fallen away. And it says it's worse with them than in the beginning. So you, what you have to do, Anton, instead of taking one passage and ignoring all the rest, is find a way that can make both passages be true. Now, I'm going to ask you about one more passage, Anton. Let, bear with me. I'm going to talk to you about Hebrews 3, 1 and 12. Now, Hebrews 3, 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren... Partakers of the heavenly calling. Now, Anton, wouldn't that have to be a Christian if it calls him a holy brother, a partaker of the heavenly calling? You would think that's a Christian, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, so that's a holy brother, partaker of the heavenly calling. It's not just a pretender. It's not just somebody that people think have become a Christian. It's somebody who's actually a holy brother and actually partook of the heavenly calling, a Christian. Now, go down to verse 12, Anton. It says, Take ye, brethren, he's talking to these same people, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So, Anton, a while ago, while ago, you implied that once a person truly becomes a Christian, he would never uh-huh. choose to quit acting like a Christian. But this verse says, warns people, warns people who you agree are Christians from verse 1 that he warns them lest they develop an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Now, Anton, would God warn somebody about something that was impossible to happen? That's not. No, remember my illustration. There's no beware of the shark signs in North Alabama. That's silly. We, we don't have any ocean here in, in North Alabama, so we don't have any signs that say beware of the sharks. God yeah. is smart enough that he would not warn people that you agree are Christians in Hebrews 3, verse 1, Anton. He would not warn them of developing an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God unless it was possible, Anton. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, that shows no, I, it's possible. I, 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 I agree in this that, uh, you know, like... Uh, uh, if a if a person like if if I would say I I want I don't want any part in God like I don't want to be a Christian I don't want to be I I don't want to spend eternity in heaven I, I I have the free will to say uh, I don't want that I I'm sure of that like uh, I mm-hmm. God has given us that free will yeah but, that's what uh, we're but saying why, why, but 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 why would anyone want eternity in hell. Well, we, no, they they may not realize. No, but th- what they do is is they fall into sin, and they may not they may not be consciously choosing to be lost, but they're choosing sin, which causes them to be lost. So I think that what we've done is we've proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that this doctrine of once saved always saved is false. Hebrews three one and twelve. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the right name. I don't guess. Ball from Idaho. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm just going to follow up on what he said. Uh, Jesus was speaking about uh, false teachers. He said, go away from me. I never knew you. Uh, the, the, the Lord was speaking about false teachers. Okay. So, okay. We, uh, uh, and then, and then uh, not, like he said, not everybody that is saved is saved. If you choose to sin all over Jesus, there is no more blood. Of uh, like like to, for you to be forgiven, right? So you, right, you trample over the Lord again, right? So you're, 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 Bo, you're quoting basically from Hebrews chapter ten. You're exactly right. Let's look at that. 
Yeah. In Hebrews ten yeah, twenty six, he's talking to Christians, yeah. and in verse twenty five, he's telling them not to forsake the assembly of the church. Verse twenty six yeah. says, "For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin." Bowl, you're exactly no. right. That if there's yeah, no sir. more sacrifice for sin, that means they're not going to be forgiven. It says in no. verse twenty seven. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fire indignation which shall devour the adversaries, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore or worse punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing that's done despite into the spirit of grace. So, Bo, you're right. This yes, has sir. to be a Christian. Well, we, we, can, we, can go back to, we can go back to Adam. Uh, Adam was kicked out of heaven because uh, he sinned, right? Adam and Eve, they sinned. So God, Kick. they got separated from God. Uh, exactly. You, you, can, you, you can go on and on. So, so if you're saved, if you're a Christian, and if you continue to sin, you are not saved when you die. If if you die a sinner, there is no salvation for you. Thank you for your call, Bowl. Remains on you, yes, sir. Thank you for your call. Bowl is right. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden Eve, and then they were separated from God, Isaiah fifty nine two, because of their sin. Now we're looking at Hebrews ten on Anton. If you're still listening, here's some people that says they were sanctified by the blood of the covenant. That would have to be a Christian. Because only a Christian is sanctified by the blood of Christ. Yet it says because they sin willfully, there's no more sacrifice for sin. And they're going to receive worse punishment than physical death. They're going to receive uh, judgment, fearful judgment and fiery indignation, Anton, according to verse 27. They're lost. They became a Christian. We know that because it says they were sanctified by the blood. But because they sin willfully, they're going to receive fearful judgment and fiery indignation. They're lost. Once saved, always saved is just not true. Not The Bible does not teach it. Earl from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, sir. I'm saved, and I'm saved for eternity once and for all, no matter what, by the blood of Jesus. But I'm just going to say this, then I'll hang up. There's nowhere in God's Word that says you have to be baptized and do good works to be saved. Nowhere does it say... I say to you, you've got to be baptized and be saved. Nowhere is that in God's Word. Thank you. And so we'll just look at a few places in God's Word where it does say that. Earl says it doesn't. But in Mark sixteen sixteen, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, if that verse teaches one has to believe to be saved, and it does, and Earl would agree that it does, then it also teaches that one has to be baptized to be saved by the exact same reasoning. Jesus didn't say, he that believeth only is going to be saved. He, that, he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The only thing in the New Testament that has spiritual significance that involves water is water baptism. So Jesus is saying here that unless a man is born of water, unless he's baptized in water, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. He cannot be saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 is another passage. We've already read this when we were talking with Anton. Peter said to some believers, and they believed according to verse 36, he said to them in verse 38, 
repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So that's another passage. Earl said, nowhere does the Bible teach you've got to be baptized to be saved, but now we've, we've found our third one. This is the third one we've quoted that absolutely, beyond any shadow of a doubt, proves you've got to be baptized to be saved. It says you've got to be baptized for the remission of sins. And this helps, helps explain the passage that uh, Matthew 7, 3, that Anton brought up. Some people think they're saved. They're not. That's true. A lot of times it's because they've been sprinkled, poured, or baptized as infants. Or even as adults, they've been immersed, but they weren't baptized for the remission of sins. But since they've never been baptized for the remission of sins, in order to be saved, they've never got the remission of sins. They've been told they're saved. They're not saved. Matthew 7.23 fits them perfectly. They've never been baptized for the remission of sins. They think they're saved, but they're not saved. You know, Saul of Tarsus later became known as Paul, wrote practically half the books in the New Testament. According to Acts chapter 9, he believed on the road to Damascus. He believed in Christ. But at least three, day, three days later, Ananias was told to go to him to tell him what to do. And here's what Ananias told Saul to do in Acts 22, verse 16. He says, And now why tarriest thou? In Alabama we'd say, What you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So the typical teaching is that a person is saved by believing only at the point of faith. But we know that can't be true because Saul believed on the road to Damascus and this is at least three days later, he's being told to do something to get his sins washed away. Obviously, then his sins were not washed away when he believed three days earlier. They were not washed away by the blood of Christ until he was baptized in Acts 22, verse 16. And then one other passage, 1 Peter 3:21 says, Baptism doth also now save us. Now, that doesn't mean that baptism earns our salvation. It's simply saying that baptism is absolutely a condition that has to be met in order to be saved by the death of Christ. Baptism doth also now save us. If baptism wasn't necessary to salvation, why was did God put that in the Bible that baptism saves us? Hmm. There are so many passages that teach that just believing in Christ is not enough. You have to obey Christ. For example, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9, talking about Jesus, says he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You see, it takes obedience, not just belief. Scott from Ohio, make it quick. We have to go off air in about a minute. No, I got you, brother. Um... Basically, my only question is, and it's still something I battle to with this day, um, is, without getting too far into it, um, as far as being baptized, yes, I believe fully submerged, and absolutely. But my church believes in the name of Jesus. What about in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which scripturally is the right way to go? I still okay. am confused. Okay. Scott, listen to me. I'm going to have to go really quick. Matthew 28, Jesus tells them, those, his disciples, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then they go out in Acts 2, and it says, to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, both of those passages have to be true, right, Scott? Yes. No contradictions. 
Therefore, that would mean that baptism in the name of Jesus and baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are the same thing. That There's no contradiction. They're the same thing. Scott, it's not telling the baptizer what to say when he baptizes them. It's telling him what to do. Baptize in the name of Christ means be baptized them by the authority of Christ. To baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost means to baptize by the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Both passages are true. Do not pit one against another. And the way that both of them there are true is that neither passage is telling the baptizer what to say when he baptizes. He's telling him what to do. To baptize by the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. To baptize by the authority of Jesus Christ. That's exactly the same thing. The bottom line is that we have to be baptized for the remission of sins if we want to get the remission of sins. Acts 2.38. Go to my website. We, you can send me an email there. We can talk all day long about the Bible. Go to my website, BibleCrossFire.com.